Hello and welcome once again to the Facilitator M podcast. This podcast has been created to host discussions of relevance to missionaries in phase four and five fields. This will be our 18th episode, and we will be continuing our conversation with Reverends Chad McCollum, James Matchett, and Peter Moore. Without further delay, we'll jump back into the conversation. Uh, in, in supporting missionaries, uh, how, how is the missionary going to, to present themselves as, uh, because you can't present yourself as a block or a meal, uh, because the funding that goes to send missionaries to whatever field they're in is, is a predetermined amount that Global Partners has for that field in your budget. And there's nothing sexy about saying, hey, we're, we're going to send this. This is, this is to get them there and uh, to uh, pay for their housing and their visas and all of that stuff. How do we make that also connect? Uh, because if we're only raising funds for projects, you're not going to have missionaries in the field. You know, I'll, I'll jump in on that one, uh, Jim. I remember... Uh, sitting at breakfast with uh, three pastors in California quite a few years ago. And one of them um, talked about how they had somebody in their church who went with, and I, I won't name the other organization, but an organization, and, and they only had to raise like 40% of what our missionaries raised to go, to go to the field. And I let them finish their spiel and, and, and it wasn't, it wasn't an unpleasant or combative conversation. Uh, although we were having fun with each other, you know, and he was kind of throwing down a little bit. And, and, uh, but I said, I said, well, here's the deal. Like, here's why I think that's horrible. I mean, not horrible that missionaries have choices and that some choose to do that, but um, I guarantee you the accessibility to missionary care and health care and emergency care and pension and um, all manner of accoutrements that plus up caring for kingdom servants in a way they deserve are either a la carte or totally absent in those budgets. And they get to piecemeal. And a lot of times you get young, young, uh, idealistic, uh, shall we say, uh, fiscally immature or ignorant uh, leaders in their 20s and 30s who, who say, yeah, God will take care of us. We don't need to raise money for a pension, you know, like, and so, so I just said, you know, I'll, I'll push back on you. I am proud of the fact that our missionaries have to raise budgets that are, I mean, are they the largest budgets out there? I don't know that they are, but they're definitely in the top third. And of organizations, but that means we care enough about them to force them to be well taken care of. We're not going to leave it up to their up to their own sensibilities. Uh, we're not going to leave that to chance or to learning the hard way. And and so I would say that that's I think that's one way that as that we can kind of speak into that to say you know. Hey, that administrative fee that I raise and, and the extra money, the fact that, 
you know, we have a budget that is probably in the top third of what missionary organizations would have around North America. That means we are really well cared for. And we want to thank you as a Wesleyan church because you are a part of a tribe that actually really takes good care of the people that God calls to serve uh, internationally. And um, so I think that's a way to kind of turn that a little bit. Um, the other thing, though, is 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 what James said. I, you know, I really like that. You know, I'm a. I, I mean, I think any of us in leadership are cynic fans, and uh, not cynics, but cynic Simon cynic fans. And um, uh, you know, the whole start with why, right? Like people buy into why you do what you do, not what you do. And and I think uh, I think you can you can tether a missionary budget to, you know, there's a good reason for why this costs what it does. And I'm happy to give you the detail, but, but in the end of the, at the end of the day, the reason, the reason why we think you are the kind of church and you are the kind of pastor who really cares deeply about being engaged in this is because we know you care about X, Y, Z, you know, um, we know you care about uh, making a difference in and then fill in the blank with what really is the ultimate impact, missional impact of why you are going to do what you to do what you do. Because including the administrative fee that you raise for, for GP, that is the real cost of you being able to be there and impact that. And, and so it's not like the administrative fee or what you raise for your pension is like, well, this is, this is for the ministry, right? And I know you guys know that, those of you that are listening. I just think, I think sometimes we sort of, we sort of hang our head and, and we assume a punching bag posture uh, when we can pivot that pretty quickly and, and we can say, I hear you, but I think that's terrible. <laughs> kind of look at you like what like yeah like I'm proud to be a part of a group that actually wants to take care of people who are called to go and make a difference around the world and it's worth the extra work to to get the level of partnership that that requires because not only do we get to make a real dis difference over the long haul but we get to be cared for as kingdom servants in the meantime so I'll just throw that out there and I, I think there are different levels. And so there's definitely, like you said, there is a way to, to explain the cause that you're going for in such a way that, and it may be more mature Christians that buy in and give more significantly to that. The people that support have supported you, Jim, and you're from our church. So I know the people who have supported you for so many years. Of course, they're more mature Christians, but they're the ones that get that it does cost money to go um, to send someone, but it still goes back to, hey, church, there is a problem over here. Mm -hmm. Whether that is they don't know Jesus or whether that is they don't have food to eat or they don't have clean, what, what, whatever it is, there is a problem. And we, we can, we can fix it together and I'm willing to go. I know you have to stay here because um, you've got jobs and that's not your call, but I, I'm willing to go 
And together we can make a difference. And so it's framing it in that way that that still is something that is exciting to give to. Um, I think early it's give to this and you feed a child, give to this, you build a building. But there it is. There's a global problem. And together we can we can make a difference if you give to that. And I will go and rep- represent you there. Mm. Yeah, James, what you're saying is what's been in my brain with, when Jane, Jim asked that question. I think when a, when a missionary stands up in a church and you say, well, what are you raising money for? Well, it's, you know, it's going to make my, it's going to pay me. It's going to, you know, do all these things. I, I think the uh, clarity is important. Conviction is so important that to what you just said, here's the problem. And, and I've got to go like I, in a sense of urgency. That's the third thing that came to my mind, clarity and conviction and urgency. I, I'm not trying, this isn't me being critical of any specific missionary, but partnership development shouldn't be a hobby. Like it, it should be like, listen, we're doing this because we're going there. And, you know, um, Courtney called and, uh, and she reached out, she was raising support. Our church didn't pick her up with support, but I can tell you this, I hung up from that zoom call. And, um, and I said to myself, she's going to get there quick. And part of it was that sense of urgency. It was that it was, I have to go. God's called me to do this and we're going like I'm going. And, uh, and that was motivating to me. That was really motivating to me as a pastor, as a, as a person. I think there's something to be said about, about that. You know, I, I don't think it's a Messiah complex. Like I had this flash in my mind, James, when you said there's a problem and I'm going to go fix it. I pictured when Donald Trump stood up, said he stood up and he pretty much said the world's a rip roaring mess and I alone can fix it. You know, I don't think it's a Messiah complex at all. I think it's a, it's a sentence. It's, it's living out a sent life that says, here's the problem. And, and I, I have to do this. You know, and you may support me, you may not, um, but I have to do this. And so I invite you to be part of it. But there you go. Donald Trump has been invoked in the podcast. And just so the missionaries know, the same is true for us. If I stood up in front of my congregation and said, hey, I'm raising money for my salary, a bunch right. of them would opt out real quick. Right. If they knew that, that that's just what they were giving to. Yeah. And so we have to find ways to connect their tithe and their giving to what God's called them to and what it, and what it's accomplishing for the kingdom and what it's doing down the hall in the children's ministry or in the local community. We have to do those same things. My son, uh, I'll go ahead, James. Yeah. My son, Miles, he, he started tithing this year. Like this has now become a habit in his life. He works at the ice cream shop in town and he scoops ice cream and, um, he said to me, he's like, dad, I don't know what I think about this whole giving thing. He's like, well, what about, what's the problem? He's a sophomore in high school. And he said, uh, it seems like I'm just paying your paycheck. And I'm like, no, no, no. You're, here's, what, here's what that's doing. You know, you're helping with benevolence needs in the community and you're doing this and you're supporting youth ministry and you're supporting children. And he's like, well, I like all that other stuff. 
I don't like paying your paycheck. <laughs> so <laughs> it's totally true. It's totally true, James, what you're saying. Does he like eating? <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Now, seriously, that's what I said to him. I'm like, this food you're eating right now? Keep giving, fella. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and to tie some of this all back together, um, we started by talking about how it's a necessary thing to break people outside their context. So if you come to our church and you help people have, a, have an experience, that breaks them out. So it opens their eyes. Yeah. So that's step one. Step two, though, once their eyes are open, say, but in this place, there's a problem. Because I don't, I don't guess we're sending any missionaries to places where there's not problems. And, and so, so step two is, this is a problem. I think it's wired inside of each of us when we see people being hurt and in a place where we're actually open to like receiving that and hearing it, then they want to respond. Like the answer is, and, and we can do something about it. I do think at that point, though, you have to give everybody different steps and different levels for where they are, because not everybody's going to be at the same level um, where they're going to get giving to the person who's going. Um, and so you have to give people, you know, baby steps, mid steps, long, long range steps at that at that point. I think that's why one of the best ways to fundraise right now, and I'm seeing the larger organizations and the larger ministries doing this is they are actually doing exploratory trips with pastors. They are actually taking pastors to the mission field. And you want to know why they do that? Because we're getting calls constantly, not, not just from missionaries. I get called by 60 salespeople every single week mm. who want my time. I just don't have the time to sort through it. I've got other things I've got to do. And so in this context, I just can't even process the problems and the needs and the possible solutions to them. Some of those people calling may actually help me. They may actually meet a need that I have. I've got a terrible phone system. If I just knew somebody would actually come and fix my phones, then I would do it. But I can't process it. But you want to know what? Pastors got into ministry because they wanted to help people. They wanted to change the world. And so if you take them overseas and their eyes are open in that environment where they can actually focus on this and they see the problem, you want to know what those pastors are going to do right away. They'll be like, I, I can help. I got my, I, I've got a missions budget. I can help. But they have to be in that, that context to do that. And that's why that's working right now is because pastors are getting on site and they're saying they're, they're problem solvers. Pastors are all problem solvers. So they get there, they see a problem, they, they're going to do whatever they can to fix it. Um, and then they come back and they make those things happen. That's great. That's great. Listen, we're getting down to the last few minutes. Um, could I just give you each like one minute to highlight something that either you've said, you've heard, or something that's come to mind uh, as you speak directly to our, our missionaries in uh, phase four and five fields? Yeah, let me go ahead and, and jump in there. And then let me just say this, that um, uh, guys, don't be so hard on yourselves. Like, like, let that sink in. Like, if you're lazy, then kick yourself in the butt and be hard on yourself. But, but, but I, I don't think, I'm, I'm talking 
to someone who is listening right now, like the lazy people aren't listening to this podcast, right? So uh, don't be so hard on yourself. And, and, and here's the thing. Do you think Jesus is surprised in calling you to serve internationally? Do you think he kind of was like, oh man, that was a rough visit at that church. Uh, boy, they really weren't on fire for missions. And that was even a little discouraging. And uh, boy, you really need to pull yourself up by your bootstraps because obviously you're doing something wrong. Um, my, I'm shocked. I called you to turn like, no, of course not. Um, uh, let the ministry you have at home be as equally grace-filled in your own heart and soul as the ministry you have overseas. And just think marathon. Move the needle and celebrate wins, big or small, and don't despair. Because God isn't surprised at what he's called you to do. And he needs you to serve the North American church too. Thank you, Peter. And I think I add on to that. I, it can be easy to listen to me and, and at times and feel like I've got all, you know, I have all the answers. Well, I've probably, I've got a lot of answers for my own ministry and stuff seems to me also at the same time as if it's all falling apart. Um, there are a hundred steps I want to take in every department in my church and I can focus on all of those things I haven't yet done and get really discouraged. And so what we've talked about today is a lot of stepping back and recontextualizing all of this and, and learning how to do things in a different way that involves a number of steps. And so it can be very easy to look at all of those things and be like, oh, man, look at all that I'm not doing and be frustrated. Um, I can't live there and you can't live there. And so what's the next step? What's, you know, what's just one step, one step at a time is how you get there. And every step you take is going to make you more effective. And so don't focus on the end, focus on just becoming more effective. But every, every positive step we take is going to make us more effective in, in what we're doing. Maybe the first step is, is reading about the why or whatever and say, I'm going to take a couple hours this week and I'm going to really craft my cause, the problem that we're addressing. And, and I'm going to make sure I send that out to my supporters and make sure that they know that we're all really clear on what we're accomplishing together. I'm going to give, I'm going to give the pastor a two sentence phrase that he can share with the congregation come mission Sunday or whatever to say, Hey, this is what we're accomplishing in this place um, because of so-and-so. And then maybe the next step is, and these can be systems and processes. You can write one, one email that says, because of your giving, this happened yesterday. And you can send that to a hundred, a thousand supporters to share on Sunday morning. One video story in the location 
can be sent out to 100, 1,000. And so where you used to have to go and visit those, all of those 100 churches to give them a message, now you can take a one, one five-minute video and send it to everyone. And so um, just one step at a time. And we'll work with you, you know, like um, I do think a certain amount is you, you find the right person to talk to on staff at the church and, and say, ask them, say, hey, you know, what can I do? What can I do to help? You know, Jim, you, you recorded a prayer for us the other day, a, a number of prayers for us um, the other day. And we were able to just put that on our social media. And that was just a way that we could connect the hearts of our people to our missionaries who were doing great work. Um, and you just provided a prayer for us. So just, lo just lots of things, but just one step at a time. Thanks, James. Yeah, I would say uh, just the, my mind race, I keep a letter in my desk. Um, this letter is handwritten by my grandpa. Uh, it's from October 28, 2017. I'm not gonna read you all of it, but I'll read you um, the first paragraph because I think it's what I would say to anyone who's listening to this today. Um, he says, Dear Chad and Julie, some people act like they hope to put, uh, some, sorry, some people act like they hope to pick apples the day after they plant the tree. It doesn't work that way. We're sure that your ministry of recent years will contribute to the bearing of fruit for years to come. And then he goes on and says some other things that are really sappy, but at the top, he wrote First uh, Peter five seven, uh, which I just looked up in the New Living Translation, and it just says, "Give all your worries and cares to God, for He cares about you." And uh, you know what Peter said is true, like that God has invited us to be part of this work, and uh, nobody got into it for the money. <laughs> you know, nobody got into it thinking I'm going to get rich. But God's invited us into it, and we get to do this, and uh, we're planting seeds, and uh, we're planting seeds that um, to grow trees that we'll never even see, and uh, our job is to keep planting seeds and keep scattering seeds, and uh, it's God's job to bring about the fruit of all of those things. So, yeah, thanks for today, Jim. This has been fun. And thank you guys. Uh, this has been fantastic. I, I think our missionaries are really going to love hearing this. They're going to be challenged by it and also be encouraged. Uh, I think it's really important when you put a challenge out there to also encourage. And uh, you guys have done a really good job of that. So thank you for taking time out of your days and coming on here. We really appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah. We would like to thank you for taking the time to tune in to today's podcast. Once again, if you'd like to read the blog post that these gentlemen have written on the Facilitator M blog, you can find those at gpafrica.org forward slash blog. If you have not yet heard the first two parts of this three-part podcast series with Peter, James, and Chad, you can find these episodes at facilitatormissionary.podbean.com. 